Blog Talk Radio. Hi there. I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. But truth be told, we do face a number of challenges when it comes to aging, especially those issues around peri- and post-menopause. So that's why today's show promises to be incredibly helpful. Our guest, Dr. Stephanie Falbian, is the director of Mayo Clinic Center for Women's Health and is chair of the Department of Medicine at the Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville, Florida. She also serves as the medical director for the North American Menopause Society. So, boy, are we extremely fortunate to have such an expert share all about her just-released book. And believe me, I am calling it my new health Bible, but it's actually entitled The New Rules of Menopause, A Mayo Clinic's Guide to Perimenopause and Beyond. I know all of you listeners out there are going to be as interested in this topic as I am and can't wait to hear your sage advice. So welcome, Dr. Falvian. Wonderful. Thanks so much for having me. Well, and I want to start out, we had a chance to talk uh, before we went on air, but I am going to reiterate a little of my gushing because this book is filled with, it's not only practical, but there's helpful and truly cutting-edge information. And what meant a lot to me, too, is your writing style. It's like talking to a friend who actually knows what they're talking about. So I wanted to congratulate you on this important, comprehensive, and really readable guide to uh, menopause. Well, thanks so much. That was exactly our goal is to make it uh, approachable and um, comprehensive for women so that they have something to guide them through this universal life transition. And you're right. It is a universal life transition uh, for sure uh, for those of us who are lucky enough to make it to this age. And I love the way you've organized the book. So let's start out with you telling us a little bit of, you know, an overview of, of the book itself and how it's organized and a little about each of the three parts of the information you cover. Yes, thanks for that. Well, we have three parts. Um, so part one is actually understanding menopause, kind of what is it, um, the body changes from head to toe, talking about perimenopause, also what is premature menopause, and you know, really kind of reviewing some of the diverse experiences that women um, may have as they go through menopause. So there are cultural differences, um, and your lived experience of menopause may be very different uh, from the person in the office next to you. Um, Part two is managing it. So we talk about all the ways to manage symptoms, including hormone and non-hormone treatments and also holistic and integrative therapies. Um, We talk about specifically different symptoms and how to manage those, like hot flashes, mood symptoms, sleep issues, sexual health concerns, um, and pelvic floor things. And then in the last part of the book, we talk about owning it and looking ahead. So this is really about the last chapter, and actually which is about a third to a half of our lifespan as women, um, but how do, you, how do you move forward and how do you live your best life and how do you remain healthy going forward? So we talk about body image, we talk about weight management, breast care, heart and bone health, um, the brain changes that occur with aging, and really how to, how to take care of yourself going forward. 
Well, and uh, that part was especially interesting to me, and I want to get into that more in a little bit, but I'm going to bring you back a little to the introduction that you put in because you mentioned the fact that um, until fairly recently uh, the topic of menopause was virtually unspoken about, and Gail Sheehy, the author who wrote that famous book Passages, also wrote a book in the 90s, 1990s entitled Silent Passage, and of course this was about menopause. And also as an early boomer, and a number of people in my audience are, I think we were the first to kind of bring it out of the closet, but we were the guinea pigs for hormone remiss replacement therapy so can you tell us a little of some of the, about some of the new methods for addressing some of these less pleasant aspects of perimenopause so actually this is an interesting discussion because we've come full circle and we are back to recommending hormone therapy as um, the the first line therapy for management of symptoms so we no longer call it replacement therapy, and this is an important distinction oh. um, because we're not actually trying to replace what the ovary used to make because that would be trying to put you back to premenopausal state, and that's not the goal here. Um, we know that it actually requires a fairly low dose of estrogen to be able to manage symptoms. So putting this in perspective, a birth control pill used before menopause um, has roughly four uh, four to five times the dose of hormone therapy of hormones than postmenopausal regimen does. So a postmenopausal regimen is actually a very low dose and doesn't even come close to giving you what the overuse to make. So we're back to the the benefits of hormone therapy outweigh the risks for the majority of women with symptoms who are under the age of 60 and within 10 years of menopause onset. So in the last 20 years, we have come full circle and are really now recommending this as first-line therapy. That is so fascinating. And I want to also mention that, again, uh, I'm in my 70s, and a lot of the listeners to this podcast are you know, older boomers. But my daughter is in her late 40s, and she's experiencing issues of perimenopause. And this is such a great kind of a mother-daughter bonding thing is your book. Oh, that's awesome. I, I haven't thought about it in that way, but I love it. Yeah, because it's a win-win for all of us. And, again, the fact that you it is so comprehensive and you do talk about all of these cutting-edge strategies and information I think is, is great uh, because, I, like I say, we, we did not have the benefit of all the, the new technology and the new breakthroughs that, people have been, or that the medical field has been making. So it's wonderful that our daughters can take advantage of some of these things. Completely agree, and honestly, um, you know, we we think that women starting around the age of 35 should be reading this book because, as I stated, you know, menopause symptoms can start up to 10 years before menopause onset, and anything after age 45 is considered normal for menopause. So that means we need to be we need to be addressing the 35 year olds um, and making sure that they're educated on what can happen and what they can do about it. Wow, absolutely. Well, I am going to head back to the uh, part three because, again, that's the one I related to the most, of course. And I did want to ask you uh, a little bit about your initial focus. The first part of part three deals more with the emotional, mental aspects of aging and our values and our outlook on and perceptions of how we're growing older. 
I want to personally applaud you for this because I think this makes the entire difference, uh, as long as our physical health there, and we'll talk about that too. But tell us about some of the um, maybe tips that you can give to help us older people look at aging in a more positive light. Well, I, you know, I think this is a cultural thing because in other, in other cultural, cultures, aging is actually honored, right? Um, and, and I think, you know, in the Western culture, sometimes it's not honored. Um, but, but, you know, women after menopause are our most experienced workers. Um, they, they have the experience of raising families. Um, so, so this shouldn't be seen as a negative. This is actually a positive. But also think of this time as kind of a reset button uh, where women have the, the time and the perspective to be able to step back and say, am I spending my time how I want to? You know, am I, am I really putting the majority of my time in things that I find valuable and I get joy from? Um, so taking that assessment, that pie chart of where am I actually spending my time right now and what would my dream pie chart look like? Like uh, how much time do I want to spend traveling? How much time do I want to spend with family? Um, you know, doing my favorite hobby, et cetera. And if it's not aligning, then this is a great time to kind of step back and reset and making sure that what you're actually doing aligns with your values and your priorities. So I think that also helps with that positive mindset because if you're doing what you want to do and what you love to do, you're going to be happier looking forward, right? Um, but also we can talk about this more. It takes maintaining your physical health too. That is exactly what I want to go to now. But I also want to mention too, I think part of aging, for those of us who are lucky enough to be able to do that, a lot of times we also have more discretionary time to do what we want to do and oftentimes yes. hopefully funds to be able to travel or do some things that we may have wanted to do for years. So, yes, now let's get on to, I know we've only got a couple minutes left, but a really important part of our value, and that is maintaining our physical health. Yes, yeah, so looking forward, you know, the, the number one killer of women is heart disease. Um, it remains heart disease, has been heart disease, um, and, and it will take about a third of us. Um, so we really need to make sure that we're um, controlling our risk factors for cardiovascular disease and that you know your numbers, like your blood pressure, your blood sugar, your cholesterol numbers, and that you're doing things to maintain your cardiovascular health, which, by the way, also translates to brain health, um, but that is maintain a healthy weight. It is exercise on a regular basis. It's get enough sleep. Sleep is incredibly important uh, to your physical and your mental health, um, but it's also managing stress, all of those things, all of those things that you know are important um, for maintaining heart health are, are also helpful for brain health. Um, maintaining healthy bones as you go forward. We know that um, the risk of fracture goes up uh, as you age, and having a fracture is uh, a cause for a high um, morbidity and mortality afterwards. So your chances of dying the year after a hip fracture is quite high. Um, so maintaining bone health and avoiding that in the first place, um, walking, regular weight-bearing exercise, making sure that as women we get about 1,200 milligrams of elemental calcium a day. What does that mean? That means um, a normal healthy diet plus about two servings of dairy or dairy equivalent a day. So it could be soy milk in your coffee or it could be yogurt. Um, 
and then uh, making sure that your vitamin D level is is in the normal range. Um, so those are just some of the things that you can do. You should have your bone density checked by the age of 65, and before that, if you have risk factors, like you had a parent who broke a hip, or you're on medications that thin out your bones. So there's a lot of things that we can do to remain healthy as we get older, both physically and mentally. Wow, Dr. Fabian. Well, I know our listeners just got a big dose of some of the information they can find in this incredible book, and you're so generous with your time and information. I want to thank you so much for being on Feisty Side of 50. Uh, And also, before we leave, though, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share with our audience before we need to close? Well, thank you so much for having me. And as you stated, this this can be a multi-generational book. Um, So for your listeners who do have children who are younger and even down to the age of 35, I would say this this could be a good resource. Um, But again, uh, living your best life uh, after menopause is incredibly important because, again, we're going to probably spend close to half of our lifespan after menopause, and so there are lots of tips for remaining healthy, um, even for the the demographic that you have. So um, thanks for having me. Well, this has been a real delight for me, Dr. Fabian. I was looking forward to this, and to the mother-daughter, who would have thunk it? (laughs) Right, I love that. bond over menopause. (laughs) I think that's fantastic. Thank you for that. (laughs) Well, and also your information has been so valuable. Of course, your expertise and your insights into this all-important topic have been very helpful. Thanks again, Dr. Fabian. And for you listeners out there, please check out Dr. Fabian's book. Again, the title is The New Rules of Menopause, A Mayo Clinic Guide to Perimenopause and Beyond, because it's going to provide a valuable roadmap for both you and your daughters uh, around uh, managing perimenopause and menopause puzzle issues, and for us, ensuring our health and well-being throughout our later years. So until next time, this is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio. I'll catch you later. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 